Groovy kind of love, Phil Collins, uh, 32 minutes after 10 and at 11 o'clock. Remember that Mudubi Mahalimela is going to come in to give you the final news bulletin for the day. Make sure that you are tuned in after 11 because we get into closet conversations. It is going to be a sensitive one, but one that is highly needed, especially because times are tough. We are facing a lot of difficulties, I think, as society, and we need to understand why some of the things that we do happen. And we'll be talking about anger management when it comes to men. Right now, we're having a social discussion around um, open education and uh, the resources that should be available or are available for those who are still within the education system. Our A-team guest is uh, Mr. Masinia Dekotla, who's the CEO of um, Molteno Institute for Language and Literacy, NPC. Thank you very much for joining us, Masinia. Good evening, Patricia, and good evening, uh, evening to the listeners of SAFM. Talking about the education uh, system in general, um, COVID-19 has really made a, um, you know, made a huge changes, brought in a new wave of doing things. But where we sit right now as South Africans, as Africans, do you feel that we're in a better place or are we better armed as opposed to what we were b- before COVID-19? Well, um, I wouldn't say the situation is very, very bad, but it's also not one of the best as well, especially because when the COVID-19 hit us last March, uh, our education system was already battling. Uh, But um, as, as we progress through the harsh lockdowns and other lockdowns, milder ones, I think as the sector, the education sector, we adapted to the new environment and we adopted to new ways of doing things. Um, So life didn't really come to a standstill as it were. Maybe for years, for the first two months, three months, maybe even four months, but we are in a place where uh, I think we have learned to live with COVID-19, and we are we have learned to do remote training, remote teaching, remote learning. Uh, well, now there are new challenges, obviously, things like resources, the issue of data, the issue of um, uh, the you know the prices, big prices of uh, uh, textbooks, and so on. So, yeah, the the long and short answer to your question is that we can only get better. We're not at the place where we want to be, but we are really not hopeless as well. Well, you know, it it would be good if you, you, you were saying to me, honestly, we are not in a good place. Not we can get better. And why I say this is because when we look at where we are ranking in the world, in our higher education, it's really appalling. For a country that has so many citadels of higher education, we shouldn't be where we are right now. I don't, I don't know. Maybe this has something to do with the fact that maybe in South Africa, our mother tongue-based education is not being put forward, or it, it's other notions. Please weigh in on that, Masin. Yeah. Um, look, I'm, I'm just saying we're not worse because when you look at the uh, pulse 
results of 2016. Yes, our learners were really uh, performing what? At the level of, I mean, 78% of our grade 4 learners were uh, performing below 50%. And they could not read with understanding. <coughs> but um, when you look at the the kind and type of uh, countries that we were competing with, I mean, there was just, in Africa, it was only Morocco and South Africa. So we were really competing with European countries, America, and, and so on. So, but also since 2016, that is another level now, uh, the Department of Basic Education has put into place some uh, programs and projects uh, that whose main uh, intention and objective was to improve the education system. Those those interventions have not been evaluated, but uh, on an ad hoc basis, you can see that we are moving in the in the in the, in the right direction. Mm, mm. So yeah, I I think we 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 can we still can get better, but. What, what COVID did, especially with regard to learners, uh, which is such a devastating uh, thing to happen, uh, you have this phenomenon where uh, learners are, are rotating when they come to school. So in other words, they come on a Monday, others come on a Tuesday, and then some can even attend once in a week or so. In as far as that is, uh, happening, I don't think it's a good thing, but you have to respond to the COVID. You can't blame anybody. You can't blame anybody because um, you can be reckless and then COVID-19 can come and wipe uh, our children and so on. But when things get better, we also can see that the, the department and, and in fact, the entire society is beginning to say, can we open up the system? Maybe, yes. And unless we are hit by the third wave, I, I, I would, I'm expecting that maybe in the next two months with the, the, the policy and the practice of rotational teaching and learning could be, uh, could be reviewed so that all the learners attend every day and share um, the required curriculum. Yeah. Hey, as we are talking to Messina Dikotla, who's CEO of uh, Molteno Institute for Language and Literacy. And I want to hear from you. Do you feel that our education system in general is uh, really doing what it needs to do to churn out the um, students or graduates who are able and capable? Is there enough support for the educators? Is there enough resources for those in the education system? Call in on 011-714-2006 or you can SMS 41391. WhatsApps go to 0614-104107. Tweet at SFM Radio and at Patricia M. Dooley. Talking education and uh, education resources uh, with uh, Messina Dikotla, and uh, we're just trying to find out if where we are right now as a country is where we need to be to ensure that our learners are getting the best quality education, despite of where they might be located, and uh, if we are geared as educators to give that sort of support. 
Masenya, you know, earlier I was asking about, you know, maybe we are not where we're supposed to be in terms of world ranking in our education system because maybe we are not using mother tongue-based education. How important do you feel it is for us as South Africans to ensure that our African languages are not under threat and our education system also, um, you know, gives them uh, the leverage and gives uh, students the opportunity to learn in them? Yeah, thanks, Patricia, once more. Um, you know, the, just the significance of mother tongue itself in education cannot be debated. And there, there are policies. The Constitution make, uh, the Constitution of the Republic of 1996 make provision for the use and promotion of uh, mother tongue. And also there are quite a number of acts and the policies for the Department of Education making provision for the use of home languages and, I mean, particularly from grade one to three. That is at policy level. At implementation level, uh, something else is happening. Uh, You would find the majority of uh, uh, schools, particularly primary schools, which are using... um, let's say English and African as, as, as a language of learning and teaching, what you would call a medium of instruction. And we know that that is wrong. Research has proven that children learn better when they learn through the language that they understand better. But communities, because the communities, uh, decide otherwise they they, 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 they they put English at a level where they think to be able to speak English equals to being intelligent to being bright um, and they also kind of misunderstand English to be an equivalent of what access to uh, resources and so on but that's that's wrong and that's what from in Molteno, we are beginning. We are saying we are obviously saying it is wrong to to start to teach uh, children through uh, the language that is not their language. And we we go further to say, then if we agree that the children must learn through their home language, then we must also provide them resources. We must give them books and. That's where the issue of resources comes into into play, uh, Patricia. So, um, the benefit of, of of home language should not be debated at all. Uh, you know, there was a friend of mine in Holland who was saying, if you go to Europe tomorrow, any one of the countries in Europe, and tell them they are going to learn through any language other than their indigenous language, there will be a revolution. But in Africa, it's so easy to debate this thing and uh, begin to fantasize and say that uh, English is the way to go and so on. So I'm saying uh, we must make resources available, but also make them freely available. And this is this is where open education comes into play. Because then People in the rural areas, families, they are so poverty-stricken that they cannot afford a, a book, a textbook of 60 rand, 70 rand, 150 and so on. 
make these books available so that the teachers can download them for free for their learners, uh, so that rural children can also have access to books in the same way as the urban uh, children uh, are having. So, yeah, you can you cannot run away. And in fact, you can stress it to say children should learn through their home language, not up to grade three, which is what we are talking to the DP about. They should go as far as, at a minimum, grade six level, learning through the language that they have learned their mother tongue, because it is easy to do so. If we want the parents to support the education of their children, then we must make sure that there is there is alignment between the language that is used in the home as well as the language that is used in the in the school. Otherwise, if we if there is any misalignment there, the parents will just turn their that they'll just turn their back and do their other things and leave everything to the teachers. Thanks. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you spoke of resources and uh, one of the things that I always look at are libraries. Libraries are not found or not even made popular, not even made a thing these days. Um, and in most communities, you, you even find that the schools within the communities don't have libraries. The communities themselves don't have libraries. Then how will we equal this, uh, play, uh, level out this playing field? It's a big one, Patricia, because you're so right. Because um, according to the statistics of three or four years ago, only 10% of the schools in South Africa had a sample of a, a library. And many communities that are affected by the absence of libraries are the rural communities. Now... <clears throat> I think because there are so many competing needs for the government, we are not excusing them, but it's just a reality that those who are waiting for the government to come and build them and brick and mortar libraries, they might wait, they might wait forever. <coughs> so uh, from the Molteno Institute, what we have been doing was been providing um, the primary schools with a mobile library, what we call Willy Wagon. It's a box library which can carry a minimum of 300 books. And with the support of corporate, uh, we can buy and supply the, primary, the schools with those mobile libraries. Two, three of them in one school, they can be used interchangeably. Because they've got wheels, they can be wheeled from one class to the next class. To the next class and so on and so on and so on. This is a stopgap measure that uh, we think is helping. Not we don't, not we think, but we have seen it working in areas where we have operated in the Mpopo, the Eastern Cape, uh, KZN, and, uh, and the Crusade, as well as in Gauteng. So yeah, but also um, now, if we if we make books are freely available. And let's say through the website, and and then we we make those websites zero rated. Then teachers and learners can use the little data that they have to download pages of the books 
or even the entire book uh, on day-to-day, different book for different days. In that way, then you are also kind of obviating the bigger problem of a shortage of books. Because they, in, in some rural areas, there are instances where learners share a book and they're not even allowed to take the book home. So we, we think that should not be the case. Uh, let's print as many books, as many pages, make them available for these learners um, so that every day they read a new thing. You can imagine how rich a vocabulary will children learn if they were getting new text every day, including the dictionaries, uh, of course. Now, in terms of uh, this open uh, education resources that you are providing um, at Multena, um, uh, how, can, how can we engage with you as the public, as educators, as parents? Okay, the, the kind, we, we have developed uh, quite a number of titles, but the most popular one, especially for the grade one to three, is called Bula Bula. Vula as in Nguni and Vula as in the Sutu languages. So we have got a website that is which is Vula Vula And this website is also zero rated. So what the teachers can do, what parents can do is to download these books free of charge and then get the children to read them and the and the parents to read them as well. They are in all the South African languages, all of them. I can't count them, but all of them. So uh, you can you can download one book at a time, and then you can and and any day there are more than thirty four uh, story books, very interesting uh, stories, but also these stories written in such a way that they follow the orthography, the structure of individual African languages. So, which means teachers can download these uh, storybooks, use them in the classroom to teach Sound, excellent, excellent. Sound. Um, thank you so very much for joining us, Ms. Inya, and definitely we'll look at that uh, website I needed for my kids. I really appreciate your time. You're welcome.